From WSC-FM and HD1 Columbia, I'm Isaac Lawson. And I'm Lydia Blackstone. This is Politically Inclined from WUSC News. Coming up on this week's show, Governor Henry McMaster, along with 25 other governors, have requested a meeting with President Biden over the situation at the southern border. We will discuss it, breaking down the concerns on both sides. Plus... University of South Carolina has enjoyed the comeback of longtime President Harris Pastides, but how long will he be in office? And what is the university looking for in the next leader of the flagship University of the State? We'll give you the details. All that and more tonight on Politically Inclined. The news is first. Live from WUSC News, I'm Logan Rogers. Public works officials across California are acting fast to stop the spread of an estimated 126,000 gallons of heavy crude oil that leaked from an underwater pipeline over the weekend. The spill is estimated to have originated from a 17-and-a-half-mile-long pipeline located off the Orange County coast. People who live and work in the area said that they had noticed an oil sheen and heavy petroleum smell on Friday. By Sunday, booms were sent out to contain the oil as more kept washing up on the shore of closed beaches. As local residents remain frustrated as at what they see as a slow response, oil will keep washing to shore of, off the California coast for the next several days. The South Carolina Department of Transportation will improve almost 1,000 miles of road in the state for the 2021-2022 fiscal year. This comes as another part of the of the department's 10-year-long plan to improve state infrastructure since the passage of the Roads Bill in 2017, which has already improved over 4,000 miles of road throughout South Carolina. Of the roads in Columbia, the department plans to improve uh, Montecello Road, Kentucky Street, Texas Street, Dover Street, Lawrence Street, and Huger Street. The COVID-19 dashboard has been updated as cases have decreased on campus. There are currently 87 positive COVID-19 cases, 70 students, and 17 faculty and staff members, bringing the percent positive to 1%. 65.7% of students and 75.8% of faculty are fully vaccinated. Saliva testing and vaccinations are available through the university. Stocks today have the Dow Jones down by 323 points, the NASDAQ down 311 points, and the S&P 500 down 56 points. It's currently 78 degrees outside with a low of 68 tonight. The high for tomorrow is 83 with a low of 68 and a 40% chance of rain. For WUSC News, I'm Logan Rogers. You're listening to Politically Inclined from WUSC News. Governor Henry McMaster and 25 other governors have sent a letter to the office of the president requesting to meet with him in regards to an eight-month period of enforced unenforced borders. Tell me, Isaac, a little bit more about what immigration looks like at our southern borders in the past. What does it look like now? Yeah, so first thing to mention is a lot of times it is difficult to understand the border and everything, like people saying it's a crisis. First off, it's very difficult to break down the laws, the provisions, and the statutes already in place. Um, and immigration laws and statutes that are in place, it's hard to implement or repeal provisions of it. 
So when you do that as a state, you have to look at it from each state's demographic, what each state is implementing. Because certainly the immigration policies in Kansas are going to be different from South Carolina. South Carolina is going to be different from Texas because you have that implementation of, okay, one is next to a border with Mexico. If you look at North Dakota, that's right there bordering Canada. So each of the immigration policies of the state are going to be a little bit different. But when you look at the federal policy, the federal policies are in place for the whole implementation of the national government. And that's what has the deciding factor of anything when it comes to immigration. Absolutely. And we have 25 states, including uh, South Carolina. And of course, Texas is impacted completely different um, than we are. Um, But right now, that overall, there's an overall huge increase at the border. We see... um, just a, a large amount of people coming in. It's different because this demographic is different than what we've seen in the past. The demographics are a little bit more towards single adults um, that are being going into the crossing the border. About 53% are single adults, which is different than, than families we've seen in the past or, or groups or multiple people. We see a lot of singles coming in. And the concern of this letter that was sent um, from the office of all of these governors is that this gives an increase in drug trafficking. This gets an increase in human trafficking, um, other situations that would be of concern to the right. U.S. And one of the things they addressed in the letter is the increase in fentanyl mm-hmm. and how that increases anything that's going on with the economy, how that increases anything going on with drug trades. Uh, they didn't mention a lot of drugs in the letter, but they did mention fentanyl as one of the main concerns for the governors. And that, of course, is a drug that when laced with other drugs is lethal to those um, that take it. Um, but what we're seeing here at the border is that there's been over a 400% increase in migrant apprehensions compared to last year. An apprehension would be different than an expulsion. An apprehension is when a person crossing the border is taken into U.S. custody and is to await trial. Um, and an expulsion is when they're immediately sent back to the country that they're coming from. And we're not just seeing it from Mexico. Um, this is all South American. We see Guatemala. We see Honduras. We see all sorts of Um, The demographic not just being Mexicans coming into the U.S. as much as all different types. Right. Absolutely. And one thing to look at is the citizenship. When you look at all those statistics, you're looking at, okay, what's the comparison between a naturalized citizen to a non-citizen between a permanent resident? See, a lot of people, if you're not familiar with the immigration policies, you might say, oh, well, I'm a permanent resident. No, you are actually a native-born citizen. Mm -hmm. A permanent resident is someone that's going to have uh, visas and provisions, whether they're coming on a vacation or whether they have a card, which implements that they can be in the state or in the nation. Um, And a lot of people have concerns with how illegal immigration, a lot of people don't understand what's going on necessarily in the border. It's not the fact that people are at the border and the ideas of Del Rio, like Del Rio has been in the news a lot lately. But what people have to consider is there's more than that when they're talking about the immigration statistics. The immigration statistics are talking about people that have an expired visa and just haven't reported back to the national uh, convention whenever they're talking about that. And all the numbers can get a little bit stuffy. Absolutely. (laughs) And of course, there's a huge difference between immigration to the U.S. than illegal immigration. And these apprehensions, these expulsions are, of course, in regards to illegal immigration. And that right there um, is under Title 42, which is an important code when talking about 
um, immigration illegally into the U.S. But what we're seeing is this is really a health, it's a humanitarian and a, a national security issue when um, you have this level that we've never seen this much illegal immigration into the U.S. Right. And as far as the South Carolina basis goes, South Carolina plays two roles when it comes to the immigration policy. See, the federal government has a lot to say on what's coming in and out of the borders, what's coming in and out of the country. But South Carolina is allowed to distinguish whether they have the sanctuary jurisdictions. And sanctuary jurisdictions are going to relate a little bit differently than a normal immigration. But as of 2016, there were no sanctuary jurisdictions uh, in South Carolina as stated for the Center of Immigration Studies. The second thing to keep in mind that South Carolina has a lot to say in is the employment within the state as far as immigration goes. Um, Along with many other states, South Carolina implements the E-Verify. I'm not sure if you saw that while you were working out grout shows, whether you were oh on my. that timesheet. <laughs> but everybody within the South Carolina employment has to verify with E-Verify. And it handles the forms with an I-9, which is the Employment Eligibility Verification Information. And that is an internet-based system. But since 2016, South Carolina required all public and private employees in the state to use it. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, of course, that's a very important thing to keep in mind when looking at all of this is how it affects right here at home. Why did Henry McMaster send this letter? Why is it not just Texas that is concerned? Why is every state wanting to meet with the president to talk about it? Um, I want to read a little part of his tweet just to he this is from his Twitter, McMaster's Twitter, um, with the letter attached. And we'll read some of what are the 25 states that are involved. Um, but this is what Henry McMaster said. The border is an out of sight and out of mind Biden admin and the negative impacts of his reckless open border agenda cannot be ignored. I'm proud to sign onto a joint letter of 25 other governors requesting a meeting with POTUS. So we can put an end to this crisis. Of course, that's an opinion from Henry McMaster there. But you look at it, you look at all the other governors, and we're not just seeing Republican governors sign this. I think that's good to note right. is that we have Maryland, we have New Hampshire, we have Massachusetts. Their governors also signing it. Seeing it is not really that much of a partisan issue almost as much as it's become a national issue. Right. And it's weird that you mentioned certain states because you automatically assume when you're talking about border, you're talking about border states. Mm -hmm. More countries are in, or more states are influenced by the border than you realize. I mean, you've got Idaho, Iowa. Uh, you've also got, like you said, New Hampshire, uh, Missouri, Oklahoma, places that you wouldn't even consider thinking about something along the lines of the border are signing this petition. And one of the things to mention is when news gets heavy on a certain topic, that's when governors want to implement it. Uh, the last time anything with the South Carolina border was said was when we had the Syrian refugees coming to South Carolina. And that was between 2015-2016. Yeah. So it's something that does repeat. And during that process, a lot of governors at the same time did send a petition to the president wondering about borders and wondering about immigration. So oftentimes you do see repetition with these states. Absolutely. And that letter, um, it can be accessed online if you feel like reading through all of it. And we'll keep you updated on what if there is a meeting and what that will look like. After this short break, we will have a discussion on our own president here at University of South Carolina. We're looking for a new one. We'll see. We'll break it down for you. We'll tell you what you need to know about the search. You're listening 
to politically inclined. After the resignation of former university president Bob Caslin, the university has brought back President Harris Pastides to serve as the interim. But how long will he be back home on the horseshoe, and what's the update on the presidential search? So, Lydia, what are we looking for as far as the president goes, and what can you tell me about Bob Caslin's presidency here? Even though it was short, he definitely had an impact. For sure. Last year's graduation was really what took him out of office and the fact that he did call us University of California, um, which was kind of prompted. And, this, of course, the speech that was plagiarized is kind of what took him out of office. Um, he did resign, and that resignation really prompted um, uh, almost like a resurgence of the Pastides error. I mean, everybody was joking around, like, he's come back to save Return us. Return of the king, Return everything. Return of the king, <laughs> everything. Um, everyone was so excited. Of course, we weren't here because we're just juniors when Pastides was president. Um, but when he was, he was so beloved. And right. so having him back um, on the horseshoe, um, I know it's been a joy for a lot of people, but obviously he's he's retired like he's just coming out of retirement um to aid the university during this time and I really think that he he's being as he's being a help he's not going to be here for long so there's a a search going on now that is exciting for us as students um of course we're not a democracy so we don't vote on who our president will be here at University of South Carolina but we have gotten a little bit of having to say about it right uh a lot of the things with Harris Pastides, with him coming back, he is taking on a role and taking on a lot of issues that were left unkept. Um, First off, you have, like you said, Caslin resigning, and his resignation was obviously due to some prior commitments and also the um, issues they had with the graduation ceremony. Like, that was so interesting to talk about most of the time with graduation ceremony and... um, the idea of the plagiarism going back and forth. So. Oh, yeah, of course. And I, I think that it really it brings it back more into the president. I, I was stated that whoever the next president is needs to be the antithesis of Caslin. Right. And I think that we're going to see a very different president than we saw um, coming into this in this few coming years. I don't know when it will be, but they have the university has hired um, Funk and Associates and they're an ex- have a, they've had an extensive experience in conducting successful searches for university presidents and chancellors across the United States. Um, this firm's recruiting strategies have helped place many impressive can- candidates, including minorities and women at leading universities throughout the country and within South Carolina. That's a quote from Ernest Jenkins, who's the chair of Falcone Senate and Palmetto College campus. And he's a member of this search um, here at USC. So we're going to see a search happening soon. Where what, what I say is we had a say in it some. is I don't know if you checked your email a while back, but we got to do a survey where we got to pick um, what are some of the qualities that we're looking for in a president. Are we looking for somebody who knows South Carolina very well? Are we looking for somebody who's had a long time in administration? Are we looking for somebody who's not been in administration that's just a really great people person that's going to be great right. with college age students. So I don't know what we're going to see with the president, but it's exciting. Yeah, we're getting to a time where you do need to pay attention to it because the search committee was formed uh, in about late June, early July. And you can actually go on USC's website and it has the whole timeline of everything that's been going on with the search committee. But right now we're getting to the process of, okay, what are the aspects we're looking for and what can we choose in candidates? Keep in mind, we do have to have more than three candidates in order to make it a liable search. And the qualifications for the president, even though there are certain ones, um, the 
search committee actually came up with a set of criteria that we're looking for. Tell me. So you got success leading large, complex organizations. I mean, that's definitely something You're gonna you need, need that. with a university this <laughs> large. Uh, promoting excellence in academic research, uh, scholarly research, creative activity activity or clinical expertise absolutely that is certainly something interesting because in this time that we're in with COVID going on clinical expertise and anything related to the medical field or anything relating to how to relate to different students and different professors that's gonna have a huge I think it's one of the hardest times to be in leadership in general with dealing with COVID with dealing with social injustice when dealing with all sorts of things presidents have to look at things that they've never looked at before so that's an important factor to have in there for a president oh one of the things that strikes me as really important that I want to emphasize is support for student-centered policies and practices absolutely I mean, the fact that you're saying um, the email was sent out to take a poll, what are we looking for as students? That's something that we as students definitely want to see, and we want to see a president that takes a firm stance on, I am here for the student community. I'm here to help make this experience for the next four years you have, three years you have. Heck, if you want to stay five years, you can, but I'm trying not to. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, we'll see. (laughs) Trying to make the policies and practices for students is definitely a huge factor for a new president. Absolutely, and we're going to want this new president to be great with students, exciting, able to be able to lead this huge university. It's a flagship. We love University of South Carolina. We're allowed to say that's not biased. It's just truth. But absolutely, <laughs> I, I think that it's going to be very exciting to see who our next president here is going to be. And of course, we'll keep you updated throughout the search here on Politically Inclined. Well, that is all that we have for this week of Politically Inclined. Yeah, make sure to tune in each Monday at 6 for a discussion on the biggest political news. Politically Inclined is a production by WSC News and is produced by Chelsea Bynes. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at WSC underscore news and on Twitter at WSC News. The music for Politically Inclined is called Fluffy by Smith the Mister. You can go find other news shows and WSC News podcast at garnetmediagroup.org. From WSC News in Columbia, I'm Isaac Lawson. And I'm Lydia Blackstone. We will see you next week.